Hi there, this is Emily from Glee on the Rocks, and this is part two of our first Voices of Glee episode. Um, If you haven't listened to part one yet, I suggest you go back and do that first because it is awesome. Um, When you're done with that, come back to part two and finish out this first episode. I was going to say, you guys remember when they did the Blame It on the Alcohol song and yes. they were all drunk? <laughs> Love that cover so much. And ironically, yeah. I listen to it so often. Every time I have a party. Like, With the auto too. <laughs> oh, God. That was a Such great a great album. cover. I agree. It's a really good cover. But I I think about that. And I, I do watch the YouTube. I do watch it on YouTube quite often. Mostly because it puts a huge smile on my face. <laughs> Oh man, they tried to they tried to be drunk and it just it was <laughs> there was a lot going on. Oh question, did you did any of you go see them in concert or do meet and greets with the cats? Um that was before I got into Glee, so no. Oh that's right. They did concerts <laughs> before you got into Glee. That's true. Yeah. But I have friends who went. I do have friends who went and once they heard I like Glee, they're like, Oh, do you wanna go? I'm like, I hope they never <laughs> I did a couple of meet and greets and I bought a ticket to their first concert and then sold it to a friend because I had a bad feeling about it. And (laughs) (laughs) And then the second concert came around and my roommate was just like, let's buy tickets. And I said, uh no just buy me a t-shirt so she bought me a warblers world like the concert t-shirt but it's the warblers uniform and i had that for the longest time and then i sold it on so (laughs) (laughs) i did a meet and greet with um corey and naya Mm -hmm. um nice did not see them um my friend and i that was my first Glee meet and greet. Um, it was free in the Chicago suburbs. Um, AT&T was not expecting 900 fans to come out. Oh. They, only had, they only had free passes for 220. Oh. Oh. <laughs> my friends and I waited outside for five hours to meet before um, but it, I was very pissed off, like very, very pissed off. It was 90 degrees. Um, it was hot. There was no shade. We were in a parking lot in a mall. And um, the two of them were just like, you know what? We're not even going to do the 220. We're just going to do 100. And they just did 100 and then they peaced out. <laughs> no. Oh yeah, but I did do a meet and greet with Chris, my roommate, with my roommate. Um, and then I did, there was something with Jenna that I went to, my roommate again. And I think the rest of the meet and greets was because my roommate was trying to collect autographs. And so we did go see Chris, Jenna. And I think, think we tried to go see Darren Chris, but his meet and greet was sold out. Mm. Yeah, I'll never forget that Corey and I, uh, you know, my friend still has nightmares. Oh. Um, <laughs> we laugh about it, but I mean, <laughs> you're in a now. parking lot for five hours in 90 degree weather and they just decide to peace out. So. Yeah. That would have made me, I stopped listening to people. I stopped listening and watching when people have done less than that. So I would have stopped <laughs> watching Glee. I would have been so upset. Oh, we were very upset. We were just like, why? Like, why? <laughs> I mean, we went out for frozen yogurt afterwards, so that made our mood a little okay. better. But right. we were still- That's the Glee cast interactions with fans or something I'm so curious about. <laughs> just <laughs> in general. I know when my friend met Chris Colfer, she said it was the most amazing experience. I... I didn't like I I stood in like I was with her but I didn't buy a ticket to go mm. like actually meet him. She said it was one of the most amazing that she ever had. 
That's um, good. Yeah, she said that he was so nice. Like, I, I think she mentioned she cried. I don't remember. But I do remember she said that it was one of the most so, um, which I'm happy about. And Jenna was really... It's the least they can do for putting us through the show. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not their fault. That's true. No, true. Yeah, it's very true. It's, it's Ryan Murphy. <laughs> it's, end of the day, the real villain is Ryan Murphy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> The true villain of Glee. Yeah. <laughs> really, really bad writing. Actually, because you guys said that they didn't do table reads on Glee. Yeah, that seems to be, that was revealed, is that they never did table reads for the episodes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> all right, that's professional, I guess. I was this, I, so I've been watching Xena Warrior Princess. Oh, uh, amazing. Yes. Uh, but they did table reads, and so many of the table reads, the actors would like ad lib things or suggestions mm. that would then get put into the episode because of the table read. Yeah, so I wonder how different it could have been, you know? Because I know Amber said like I just got my scenes and sat in the back and just waited. Oh, yeah, we said that. How different it would have been if input. In- See, I think that's probably why they didn't have table reads. <laughs> I think they want it in. I think there was a like an interview with Ryan Murphy years ago where someone was like, you know, why didn't you like do you get input for Glee, the Glee episodes? And he's just like, Oh, I have a clear vision that like I have what I want for Glee in my head. It's supposed to be like my high school experience, blah blah blah. So I don't really get a lot of input in it. And I just sat there and was just like, that explains a lot about this show. Yeah, I mean that show would have been so like the show was already progressive for its time. I think we can all agree about we can all agree on that. But like it would have been even more progressive and then less problematic with notes from not just the cast members but like from other people. Yeah, just like someone to maybe say there was a lot of presenting stereo intent to subvert them, but then they never quite got there. So you were just left with so many awful stereo. Yep. Yep. You're like, yeah. we're gonna name our black character Mercedes. We're gonna name our two Asian characters like Chang and Cohen. Yep. Yep. Just so many missed opportunities that they could have corrected or at least gotten advice on, and then like it just never happened. And I do feel like one of the only characters that also eventually falls off the road is Kurt, and that's because Kurt is yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Female characters are characters of color. Our female characters of color, especially Ryan Murphy's like, what's a black woman? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe she likes tots. Maybe she doesn't. How little we learn about Mercedes for how long. We never know what her parents did. Where does she live in Lima? And I've been to Lima. So, because I have family there. So it's like, where? (laughs) Wait, wait. Fun story. Side note story. Glee came out. My mom and I go to Ohio every year to visit family. And I'm like, hey, mom, I really want to go to Lima to visit the family there. It's <laughs> like, why Lima of all places? And I'm just like, because that's where Glee is based. <laughs> and she's like, she's like um, I don't think Glee really portrays Lima the way that <laughs> Oh, man. But yeah, we don't. Anyway, back to Mercedes. We don't know <laughs> anything about the girl. Anything about her family. We just know that she's black. And that... Um, I think we know that she had, her dad is a... Oh, that's right. Her dad was a dentist. That's I right. think that's all we got. <laughs> and we know she goes to church because we saw that in service of a wife. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. Mm-hmm. I hated that so much. Yep. I hated that story. It was not exactly nuanced. I think I also really hated how they treated Kurt's character because Kurt was either optimistic or as I'm not sure. I don't think he ever really got a clear vision on where he was, which is totally fine. What mm-hmm. wasn't fine was everyone forcing mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. really grinded my gears because I'm I'm like Kurt. I don't really know if I believe in anything or if I don't. I, I honestly don't try and think about it because it's a decent topic. It is, I don't though. want anyone pushing anything. Yeah. And they could have explored, like, how confused, especially in high school. 
Like, especially in high school, you can get caught by trying to prison and stick to the status quo. And that was just not a I remember I remember watching that and I'm I'm actually Catholic myself and but I'm very, very into religion like different religions and I went to a very diverse school for middle school and high school. So I was around people who believed in God, who didn't believe in God, who like were Jewish or who were Muslim and so I respected and loved all different opinions and that storyline grinded my gears so much and just like i i just could not believe that they did it and then like they moved on from it i was just like this yes. is not just a 45 minute episode slash we do this in it's a hidden and quitted type of situation this is something that a lot of high schoolers and kids in general go through and it's a very heavy topic it's very heavy I agree. I now I'm like Christian, but like growing up, I went back and forth. Like, gay religion is a hard, you know, it's a hard thing, and they just like, mm-hmm. all right, we're in and done with that. One. So frustrating to watch. And then I also just don't like white people being brought into black churches to see how like beautiful it is and how spiritual it is and how soulful it is. A very personal special guest, and it's not for you. Annoying to me. No gawking. No one wants to be gawking. Mm-hmm. No. Completely agree. I find the Muslim faith so interesting, but I would never go to a mosque and be like, I just want to sit here in a like exactly. It's, it's so invasive. Like people are there for their religion, whatever they do. Mm-hmm. It's not not something for spectators. Yeah, a mosque is such a safe. Like you, you mm-hmm. just. You just don't go in there just to gawk and to be like, okay, I'm here to see what y'all do. Like, you don't do that. <laughs> you just don't do that. There's so many, like, things that you have to take into consideration. And, like, when I was in high school, I went to temple with my Jewish friend a lot. And, um, like, because I wasn't Jewish, the rabbi was saying, you know, you need to, I could, there were certain things I could not do. And I had to understand that as a teenager, that just because I was invited into a place of worship did not mean that I had the right to do. And that was a lot to process. And, you know, not a lot of people understand that even when they're adults either, because they just think, oh, because it's an open public place, I can go in there and do whatever I want. No, that's wrong. Like, there's a lot to consider when you go into any type of place of worship or any type of public setting. Like Glee brings out so many interesting conversations and topics. It really does. Very good. You and then it like those darts at a dartboard and it's like, how can I ruin this? <laughs> oh man. But I do think the most frustrating thing about it is all the- Yeah. Mm-hmm. You look at all of these, they say like, we're a family, we fight and we like, do all of these things but at the end we're a family and the idea of that is so interesting and inviting never actually happens you never ever see them mm-hmm. just like they are after they like win a competition like, many many thin outing santana and that being framed as a good thing. so mm-hmm. that was a <laughs> i will never get over that i will it's never get over it either and then he sings the worst cover I've ever heard. In my I'm like, who, like, did they really think it's going to be like, wow, that's so great. Look at Finn. Finn as a character himself, that's a whole episode, other podcast episode. <laughs> You're right. And I keep to talk about Finn Hudson on. We can definitely like, do another episode for that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's like that's 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 a lot to unpack just as one character in glee like there's so much going on with that character so many problematic things but also so many very interesting things yeah i'll never get over that outing santa it's one of those things with the more she's going to do such a dramatic event yeah like can you imagine me about it on so Uh, i want to ask a question how do you guys feel about everything that's coming out about lee and michelle Ooh. Wow. She yeah. was such a big part of Glee. I mean, for me, 
I've heard stories of Leah Michelle in the past. Like before Glee came out, she was in Spring Awakening, and I had a that was one of the reasons why I watched Glee because she, she was in Spring Awakening, and my friends and I were obsessed with Spring Awakening, and we heard, we watched YouTube videos those early days of YouTube where fans <laughs> would talk about you know doing meet and greets for Spring Awakening. And they told some very interesting stories about Leah Michelle, and I was just like, hmm, interesting. And then Glee came out, and I completely forgot. And then someone on Tumblr wrote a post about how they went to the Glee concert and they did a meet and greet, and Leah was supposed to be there, but she thought it was beneath her to do, even though people paid for them. Mm. And I was like, what? that's crazy and it was just that was just wild to me that like she would think that then completely forgot it and then i heard it again when they did the second tour that they were supposed to be an all cast meet and greet but they had to like cancel it for one city because she wanted to go to a party instead of actually meeting fans and fans paid all this money to do mm. meeting groups with the cast with the whole cast and she just didn't want to do it, so they had to cancel. So hearing the news, like, I know she's very, like, diva-ish. I wasn't surprised about the news that Samantha said on her Twitter. Like, I like that, for some reason, did not surprise me at all. And the more I read the comments on Twitter, the more I was just like, wow, this was worse than I thought. I was a big, I was a big narrative. Which mm -hmm. says something about me because Naya, Naya's not that good either. I'll be the first person to say that she has her own issues, mm -hmm. but it's so it was sadder to hear what had happened mm -hmm. than I thought it would be. And then, like, the amount of celebrities who like, were in support of what was said, and I was that's the part that really got me was the number of celebrities. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, Ooh, this was worse than. I don't, I don't think anyone was expecting it to be that bad. But I do have to say, I was expecting an iOS press release, and I was not disappointed by the iOS press release by Leah. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> I was like, Leah's going to post an iOS press release, which she did. And there was a, there's a lot to unpack about that, too. So, yeah, right. <laughs> People are so... I'm not good at apologizing myself. <laughs> I won't criticize her apology too harshly, but I'm still going to talk about it. It was it was one of those apologies where it's like, I know you feel this type of way, and I'm sorry I made you feel that way, but I'm not sorry about what I did. Mm. It's how it came up. Yeah, and that was the part... Like, with everything that's going on right now, like, I, I mean, for me, I felt like anything that was going to be said by her wouldn't be enough but you add on what's going on with the protests for george floyd and like just everything else that's going on and then knowing that you know black actors and actresses and just actor and then actors and actresses of color period are having a hard time in hollywood like it, it's hard to really and i'm not saying this to defend Leah anyway, but I'm just saying it's it's hard to really say a genuine I'm sorry at the end of the day. And I was like knowing expecting her apology, I knew it wasn't going to be a full on this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do better at by doing XYZ. Like it was just a well, you know, I I acknowledge that you felt a certain way and that's it. And I have a lot to unpack with my feelings about that. <laughs> it's not going to sound great. <laughs> but like, I, I guess at the end of the day, like I, I, I knew what to expect, but, and I, and I wasn't, and like, I wasn't surprised by what came out. Like what she said at the end of the day is what I'm trying. I'm actually, I was actually more surprised that she said any, to be honest, because most people wouldn't mm -hmm. Mm hmm I was expecting it. I wasn't, expecting it that quick but i was expecting that she was going to say something because she has those endorsements that she's doing and she was she just did that 
ABC movie with mm. the guy from the Vampire Diaries. Um, oh, what was the name of that? I I forgot Ian, what it was. The Ian guy. The what? Something Ian. Ian. He was from. He he was from. It was the Black Vampire from the spinoff series. Oh, okay. I don't know anything about that. Yeah, I know Ian and I know Paul. <laughs> Which I mean, like, that's all you need to know for the Vampire Diaries. <laughs> With Leah being on that ABC show, having the HelloFresh endorsements and doing some other stuff, I think she had some other projects coming on. My friend and I were on our, were texting each other, was just like, just counting down when this iOS press release is going to come out. Like it's going to be, <laughs> and the fact that we were right about it being an iOS press release was the worst part. <laughs> Oh man, I just feel so bad for the people who had horrible experience and were treated the way that. They- yeah, I think it. I think it really brought up a conversation because Amber Riley, for the most part, from the interviews I see, she doesn't really talk too much about Glee, and I think it's reasons because they probably weren't treated that well on. And I think after Naya started talking about Glee, she kind of her career kind of. Mm-hmm. But now it's brought up. So many people were talking about Leah Michelle. It made other actors and actresses start talking about other problematic. I'm not too familiar with Riverdale, but Vanessa Morgan was talking about how the Riverdale, mm-hmm. how CNN treat, how um, CNN treats. Um, you mean CW? See, there we go. I don't even know the name of the network. I don't watch anything on it. <laughs> but they treated black characters as like side projects. And oh, don't get that. Do not get me started on Riverdale as a Riverdale fan, too. First season was great, but I haven't watched it since. But um, then um, Ryan Destiny spoke mm-hmm. out about it. And I think Samantha smart, sparked a conversation about our favorite TV shows, especially if you're not watching like Black television with like Black leads and stuff, how the, our favorite Black characters on those shows get. Mm-hmm. And we don't really get to know any of that. Mm-hmm. But it's a definitely an interesting topic and i i honestly don't like leah michelle but i don't think this was just a Mm -hmm. no it brings up a really good Mm -hmm. but it wasn't just her oh no definitely it brings up a really good conversation of just hollywood in general which is it's not a new conversation but it just brings up the fact that like when you are a black actor or actress like i said before a black actor or actress or a person of color um you your experiences on sets are completely different from your white colleagues like ashley murray um from riverdale she plays josie Mm -hmm. um so i do a lot of conventions i love going to conventions i love doing celebrity meet and greets that's my that's my jam so i went to the very first riverdale convention here in chicago and she talked about how you know she had to do her own hair for Riverdale because they, oh, Riverdale no. didn't hire hair does, hairdressers who knew black hair, and so she did all of her hair for her time at Riverdale. And yeah. and she was saying like there was one time when she was looking at the screen after what they taped, and she was just like, "You do realize that because I'm." a dark-skinned black girl the lighting needs to be better because i'm you can't see me and they're just like oh what we want the show to have a dark aesthetic and she's just like well my white colleagues can have that aesthetic but i can't and it's like there's so many things just not just by the actors but like on set too that people experience and it's just so like there's a lot to unpack with that, but I, I just think about what Ashley went through and I'm not surprised that a lot of the people on Glee went through the exact same things. Cause you're thinking about like 2010 for Glee and Riverdale started in what, 2018 ish. So like, no, do we think Glee ever got the race issue and did it right? That's a great oh, question. No. Because I feel like when I look at Mercedes, she reminds me of myself in high school. But I wouldn't mm-hmm. like me from in high school because I think I, 
I went on the path of a lot of tokenism. Like I was like the token black girl for my friend group. I was the, you can hang out with us because you're not black, like other people are black. And I feel like that was a lot of what came off, what Mercy, especially as I rewatch it. And I just, I don't like that. They never really gave us a black male lead. I mean, we had Jake, but he came in and even though he was black, he was, they, Focus him more as like biracial instead of acknowledging like, for the most part if you're biracial which i always thought was ir- yeah and with jake too they concentrated on the fact that he was puck's half brother yeah which whatever. focused a lot more on the here's the white side of jake instead of just focusing on his experiences as he didn't see he didn't experience the world the same noah did yeah he didn't and experience like, the world. and then living in Ohio in general and especially Lima like like there's so much to unpack that you like and especially in terms of race there's so much to unpack that like I feel like Lee would dip their their big toe into that subject and then quickly withdraw it because it was too like that's how I think Lee handled race a lot like they would mention someone's a certain race or like the the best example is when mike the rocky horror episode when he played um he was cast as dr frankenfurt and like they had that conversation about how his dad was like you know it's i don't want you to be playing this type of role like that's not like good and i want you to be doing this 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 and i think they talked about their race a little bit if i remember correctly like that was brought up yeah briefly briefly like briefly and we never go back to that again they just needed it because it was a plot line it's it it just amazes me that we have these really good conversation starters but because of what the writer's room looked like and the fact that the main writer was ryan murphy you don't discuss that topic a lot because it's not a topic that the writers know how to talk about at the end of the day because it's not their main experiences like that's not what they're concentrating so like lee could do so they could have done so much when it came about talking about race and like starting those conversations but it just disappears into thin air another verse and you never see it especially because Mike was a very interesting character that they had who could have talked a lot about like stereotypes mm-hmm. and they kind of like dipped their toe into it yep. they didn't really like fully submerge like he was an Asian kid who loved to dance yep. who parent who still kept straight ahead like that was incredible and his parents wanted him to go and be a doctor and they gave us a little bit with his storyline but they didn't give us much they really just gave it to us just to kind of let us know that Mike Chain was not going to come back. See, oh yeah, not going to be one of no. the ones we. <laughs> Mike Chain and his abs were not useful for season four and beyond. <laughs> <laughs> Which is crazy because I'm a teacher, and I've had um, Asian kids were really into the arts, and their parents just wouldn't let them do it. They didn't think it was smart, and um, it really could have. T- could have really dove into that conversation and given parents and kids like some way to talk about i completely agree like that would this like mike chain was the perfect opportunity to talk about stereotypes but Mm -hmm. and you know addressing it but never happened they just it was by mike because we don't want to sign tina also would have been great especially because tina was adopted or am i making that up i might be making I Sometimes don't I can't remember. remember. I can't remember what was it happened in the show and then like what fandom is. So <laughs> Tina may or may not be adopted. If she was, that would have been a great storyline. Like how does someone who's adopted, maybe she was adopted into a transracial adoption. That is a really interesting topic. Talk about talking about being an Asian Jew would be really interesting. Like how does that come about? Like, how does she balance those two worlds? But we didn't get that. Instead, we got Tina creepily rubbing vapor rub on Blaine's chest while he was asleep, <laughs> telling telling him she loved him. Like, she didn't <sighs> learn from her safe. Oh. Also, I can confirm that Tina was adopted. 
I just looked it oh, up. Cool. Thank you, Glee Wiki. <laughs> <laughs> That's our lifesaver. Also, Tina, fun fact, since I'm on here real quick. It says her closest friends are Blaine Anderson, Sam Evans, and Artie. And um, I do not remember relationships. <laughs> she said, it says she is also good friends with Kurt and Rachel Berry. I do not recall that at all. I remember Artie, no. her being friends with Artie, but Kurt and Rachel? And, okay. She wasn't there fine. First of all, remember when we had that episode where Tina, for like 10 minutes, thought she was Rachel Berry? And that's why yes. she decided to take a side, like sit back and let Rachel have her scene. She would have her. Yeah, I remember line. that. Yeah. Oh, man. They were not her friend. No, they were not. They were not her friend. And, and also, her and Sam only became friends because Sam and Blaine were friends. They were not. Yeah. Tina had really didn't have any friends except maybe Artie. And yeah. But then again, they just stopped. They didn't develop Tina. And Tina was such an interesting character if you wouldn't have developed her. Mm-hmm. Or given her a lead. But I guess nothing will be as bad as when they made, like, Britney stopped talking for half a season then she was a fucking genius who got into the highest SAT score and then got into MIT I think. I think so yeah. Glee really gave us some storyline. They did. <laughs> I'm reading Tina's wiki page because I'm here and <laughs> it says that she went to NYU. I forgot about that. She and did? Yes. <laughs> that had to be season six. <laughs> And it says that she was in the New York Academy of Dramatic Arts. And, like, I'm just sitting here like, wow, like, Tina, there's so much you guys could have done with Tina, but we did not go into this at all. Did anybody like Santana's storyline and see the whole, I was going to go to college, but I dropped out of college to New York? I mean, like, I, it's I, I a, never understood the point. I mean, like, you, you have people who... That's re that's very realistic for fun. So I, I give Glee that, but for Santana, it seemed to me it seemed a little out of character. I don't know about you guys, but it seemed a little out of character that. I mean, she I probably could have seen Quinn doing that, but I just think about Santana. Okay, I have to like separate Santana and Naya because I know Naya is part black, but just mm -hmm. thinking like a person of color, you're either gonna go straight to New York. Or you're going to go to college and finish it out, then go to New York. Just because, one, I want to know how much money her mom gave her. Because New York is expensive. <laughs> it is very expensive. So Kurt and Rachel were living in, like, a huge apartment. I'm pretty sure they were all waitresses. How were they afforded? That's true. Oh, yeah. But yeah. isn't Bushwick, like, cheaper because it's outside? It's like New York, but it's not like Manhattan. Yeah, it's, it's out in Brooklyn. Kind of out a ways. It's still cool, though. It's not, like... <laughs> it's not yeah, that I cheap. I don't know much about New York except for the to go visit. And each time I went to go see a musical. <laughs> That's my only memory of New York. That and that it's very expensive. God, like, how did they even afford that loft? That was a big loft they were in, too. That was a huge loft. Because that was Rachel. That was Santana. And didn't Kurt live with them? Yeah, he did. Okay, like the my memory of that whole New York storyline does not exist. So <laughs> I remember watching it. I just did not comprehend <laughs> anything that happened. It's all good. None of us do. You know, can we talk about Sam Sadie's? I think they also had a really great storyline with Mercedes being a virgin and not wanting to sleep. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So much to unpack. I mean, the one is we should unpack this. Like, why was Mercedes the only version? Like, they always oh, don't get me started on this. Yeah, I, it's because they were hypersexualizing Santana. Mercedes said, but I didn't say that. <laughs> you only have one hypersexualization. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, that's the glee way. Especially since we knew Tina and Mike having sex. I think. Mm -hmm. So that was too many. There was too many women of color having sex. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I, oh man, that whole storyline of the Virgin Club and Quinn being a, like Quinn. I, please correct me. 
if I'm wrong, Quinn decided to be a born again virgin during that storyline, right? I think you're right. Okay. Yes. Like I said, sometimes these storylines blur together for me. And <laughs> uh, like just the characters that they handpicked for that whole storyline of the like that club and how mm -hmm. they were just like, yeah, like we're not going to have sex and blah, 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 which is completely fine because that's realistic for quite a, for a lot of high schoolers. But like you didn't go into it much and there was a lot of problematic things that came out of it, especially when it came to Mercedes. Like there was like there was just so much that they could have talked about, but they didn't. And then it became very problematic. Speaking of Mercedes and Quinn, when Mercedes kind of, I don't know if you want to call it a dis eating disorder, but she oh, yeah. had like that mm -hmm. whole moment in season one where she wasn't eating mm -hmm. because she wanted to be a Cheerio. Mm -hmm. Could have really gone deep into that because then we found out Quinn did have, they never called it an eating disorder, but Quinn had to have had an eating disorder because basically all the Cheerios did, which means Santana and Brittany also had them, but they yep. never unpacked. No, nope. instead we got I am beautiful as a way yeah. to fight off eating disorders. <laughs> you know what was another problematic storyline, even though she didn't go through with the surgery, was when Rachel was going to have Quinn's nose. <laughs> yes! I mean, Diana has a beautiful nose, and if I was going to go get a nose job, I agree, and she's, she has a Good looking nose. Oh my gosh. So okay, here's the thing. Rachel grew up with a Jewish dad and a somewhat black dad. Correct. Like how like imagine being her parents and getting that phone call. I want to get this white girl's nose. <laughs> oh do you guys remember when Rachel was gonna have the new topless scene in a um it was she was in she was at Minyata and they had Santana and Quinn come and basically like shut flame her out of it. Mm-hmm. That was so problematic. Just because it was Santana and Quinn. Yep. I can't think of two female characters on that show who would have been more let her make her own choice than the two Will say the way... I did that song and it Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. The way relationships especially could not imagine any of those characters staying friends. <laughs> never see them together, or we see them fighting. And like, I never see any of you enjoying each other's. Like, I cannot imagine any of them like wanting to keep ties to McKinley at all. Oh yeah, definitely. I I agree. Like, Santana and Rachel live together. What? Right? They spent. They built up their like enemy shit. <laughs> for years to turn around and try and make them friends and it didn't make any sense and that's because so many people like Naya's characters like Santana was so relatable to so many people and they had to keep her on the show but they didn't give any real development to Santana and Rachel's friends which it's there's just like, an opportunity. it's just like when they tried to pair Sam with her because Sam remember there was a lot of like when Sam first came on to Glee like he was with Quinn, him and Quinn were very popular. And then when they broke up, it was Sam and Mercedes and they were super popular. And so like, there was a fan theory that the reason they put Sam with Rachel was because they thought that that would be a very popular couple to put together. And they found out very quickly that it was not. They were so wrong. And also not only do Sam and the other, there's a whole conversation between Mercedes and Sam where Mercedes is like, you should go be with Rachel. And you're yeah. like, that makes no sense. And once again, we have like Mercedes, a woman of color, like, I won't say giving Sam because he's his own person who can make his own pushing things towards Rachel. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like pushing good things. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine Mercedes like in real life being like, this person who everyone has told me is better than me, everything, she's always gotten everything I wanted. I'm gonna tell this guy to go be with what? That doesn't make The guy that you basically told you loved. Yep. Like, what? 
like I like okay so one of my big problems with high school shows is that I have a big problem high schoolers quickly say that I love you and stuff <laughs> on shows and it's because I'm like okay but you know a lot of a good portion of high schoolers psychologically don't understand what that level of love is and like <laughs> like the understanding of what love is like they have an idea of what it is but okay anyway uh, <laughs> like the fact I know that what you mean. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i have this problem all the time when it comes to shows like for like Riverdale when Veronica and Archie are like I love you and I'm just like mm, but is that really love <laughs> or is that a factuation <laughs> which is also something you can talk about Glee about like you can tell the characters the characters that were truly in love with each other like you can tell that Sam and Mercedes had a sort of love that was different from like a Tina and a Mike from like Tina and Mike to me had more infatuation than they did love or like I don't even want to get into Rachel but <laughs> <laughs> but like you, you kind of see like Santana and Brittany for instance was another one that like you can tell that there was a sense of love there and for parts of Kurt and Blaine's relationship there was that sense of there's love there but it's questionable because there's two. So like, you can tell. So it was very weird that someone who genuinely had feelings for someone was saying, go at her, you go get her guy. And it's like, what? That happened in season six, right? Yeah. yeah I think so. Okay. The season Making I sure. refused fully. <laughs> I was like, it sounds kind of familiar, but I haven't seen it. So gotta be season six. Yeah, I mean, like, they, you have, like, these relationships, but, like, you, Glee doesn't really fully, like, develop them. They develop the fan favorites. Never really showing a relationship, having problems. Mm-hmm. So you're like, well, I don't really understand how you, you know, you just see, like, Santana and Brittany in the background holding hands for an entire season. They're breaking up, and you're like, that company. I cannot get into it. <laughs> That's a whole episode too. Please write that down, um, podcast host. Yeah, we'll, we'll just take we'll we'll come back and do a couple other episodes because like there's so much. Like Artie and Tina, and then like all of a sudden I'm into Mike, and you're just like what? <laughs> also thinking of Artie, um, another um another problematic thing. I know we're hitting two hours, but another problematic thing is um. <laughs> Artie. Just Artie. Oh, yeah, you're right. Just <laughs> Artie. I don't have to explain. Just Artie. Yeah. Artie and all of his... I want to prefix this by saying, I love Kevin so much. Kevin is, so Kevin is amazing. Yes. Artie was a problematic character, not just because <laughs> Kevin was playing someone um, disabled. I swear to God, I thought the whole time that Kevin was disabled. I was like, how great is this? But Artie as a character was really problematic. He was so sexist. Oh yeah. I think they just should have made Artie gay though. Because he was so Mm -hmm. he was so sassy you can kind of see it or buy or whatever. Just something. Because Mm -hmm. Artie Artie probably would have functioned way better as a queer character than he did as a straight. I can see that. Yeah, my other problem with Artie is that he's slang a lot. And the way that he would talk to Mercedes still gets me. <laughs> so bad. Also really reminds me of the way white gay guys interact with black women. So maybe he really should have been gay. <laughs> <laughs> right. It really was very much that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sh- I think at one point Artie maybe I'm making this up, but I feel like at some point, point Artie said he was like a black woman on the inside. I swear. He did, if he he did, did say that. Okay, he did. <laughs> See? I don't oh, think I'll ever okay. really, truly forget the things that Artie said. It's <laughs> hidden in the depths of my mind, but I think I will he never forget. 
the another black character I want to talk about really quickly is Unique. Unique, oh, Unique. Unique oh. has some great storylines, but Unique also has some really shit. Mm-hmm. Like there was some generally bad storylines happening. I never got why Unique was the catfish. Mm-hmm. That just seems so problematic in itself. I mean, on one hand, I kind of get it. Like, it does kind of make sense. But who you would do your only trans black character that? Yeah. And then there's the whole aspect the idea of like deceptive. So then you make unique a catfish. It just snowballs into like, what are you suggesting? Exactly. Right. It's something that you just like. You you don't touch the subject if you don't know how to do it. And that was Glee's biggest problem was that they touched on the subject and then they did a horrible job with the subject <laughs> and with the character. Like, did you have any consultation when you thought about this character? Did you get any trans voices to help you with this character to really develop it and into it? And I can honestly say, no, they did not. I'm pretty sure they did not because Ryan Murphy knows everything about the LGBT. And as we can see, just by Glee alone. He had some very questionable storylines. Mm-hmm. I still think that whole season of Britney just being quiet was just... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you, I feel I feel for how Unique's character was treated and the fact that, like, didn't um, Alex get fired or, like, released yeah. from their contract? Yeah, like, um, he just, they were talking about it, pronouns Alex, I'll just go with they. They were talking about it on Twitter that they had to ask for their job back because they thought they were a season regular during season five. And right. Just- mm-hmm. Yeah, because that, that, was, that was some drama with the fandom, too. I remember, like, I wasn't really paying attention to season five that much. I think that's when I started to not really watch it anymore. But I remember the fandom being pissed off because they're like, isn't this isn't Alex and Alex isn't on here and like folks were like where are they <laughs> like where is unique <laughs> like where's this character unique had until they were seen, such a good storyline built that I think a lot of people really fell in love with for whatever reason because I don't know if the reasons have been said they're not there during mm-hmm. part of season five part of me wants to say that the reason why was because there wasn't enough. I Okay, so I think when you talk about Glee after season, you have the fact that Ryan Murphy tried to be very ambitious and do characters in New York and characters in Lima, Ohio, and did not know how to balance the two. Like, it's right. just... It's just like when Degrassi, the next generation, tried to balance <laughs> their college. <laughs> yes, I'm going there. <laughs> Wait. Yeah. Wait. Okay. I will say Degrassi had a much better track record for characters, and I, it's because Degrassi introduced new characters while old characters were yeah. selected yeah. in new characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. following Degrassi characters. Yeah, Degrassi did, like like you said, Degrassi did a good job with balancing both new and old. But I know when they got to, like, the college storylines, it was very, to me, it was very hard to follow at times because, like, when I think of Degrassi, I think of the high schoolers. I don't really think of them being in college. So it was really hard for me to kind of follow a college line storyline and a high school story. So... Like, even though Degrassi did a good job with balancing it, it was still really hard to follow. And I think Ryan Murphy tried to do the same thing, but just, I, it was, it, there was just too much. And I think it was because the, the attention to ha- who Rachel is and her storyline in New York and how big of a storyline that is, and then wanting to introduce more characters in the high school like, I think the best thing for them to do was just to stick with the older characters in New York and just new characters in New York. Yeah, I would have been more invested. Because mm-hmm. I was not yeah. invested in the newbies that were in no, the not at all. Nope. Because they were all just kind of knockoffs of old. Exactly. Um, Blake was a new fan. Marley was a new Rachel. Um, Kitty was a mix of 
I don't remember any other newbies. <laughs> That's all I got. So yeah, it was hard to be invested with them when you had the old characters coming back so often. Like even if they wanted to concentrate just on McKinley, like just concentrate on those characters and then have the old characters come back to the high school. But they still wanted to keep it very, very. If you wanted to keep it where focus more on Rachel, then you. Or just do a spinoff. Like, just do a spinoff where it's just Rachel. Like, yeah, I I mean, I don't know how far that show would have gone, but, <laughs> like, you could have done a spinoff of Rachel, and I'm sure it would have been, like, fans would have been just as fine with a spinoff, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, you know, Ra I know that there were quite a few, you know, Rachel was a popular character at the end of the day. Like, so... You know, I'm sure that a spinoff would have been because I was expecting a spinoff for Rachel because I was like, it makes sense. But to not do it and then to go between the high school and New York, yada, it was just so confusing. Like, just pick one or the other. I mean, we, we it, it's obvious Ryan Murphy does not handle balancing storylines very well. So he just needed to, like, figure out what was the best course um, I hate to I hate to end on a Rachel spinoff. Because <laughs> that's wait, wait, wait. how life can happen. What would you guys call the Rachel spinoff, though? Oh. I feel like it would just have a <laughs> Rachel show. I don't have anything nice that I would call. <laughs> oh, dear. I'm really trying I mean, to think of the lone, but even I... <laughs> I would call it um Rachel's fabulous adventures and homage <laughs> to Carpe's fabulous adventures. <laughs> oh my god. Nice. <laughs> there we go. I like it. Thank you. Thank you. Ryan Murphy, give me a call. I'm in Chicago. I am ready to fix your ready to go. <laughs> yes, ready to go. Thank you. Um this has been super exciting. I'm glad this went long because it just gives us so much more to post. <laughs> I would love to, if you guys are interested, to do, like, another episode or just because there were so many things that, like, got touched on and I have so many questions and follow-ups. <laughs> like, <laughs> like wait, tell me why people don't like Blaine or what's up with Darren. Like, I have so many, so many oh, questions. Um, you want the fair kid stories about Darren Chris? I got them. Yes, we can do that, like, offline, too, if we don't want to... <laughs> hurt anybody's feelings publicly but yes i think this was so insightful and i have so many so many things to think about that we hadn't even considered when we were talking about some of the episodes so if you guys are interested i would love to do another round round table discussion it's not even a discussion just another round of this um when you guys are available yeah, yeah sure totally yeah excellent um okay Thank you so much for your time and insights because this was fantastic. Um, thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah thank you for having us. No, it was great. I'm just sitting here like with my iced coffee, like, yes. <laughs> but yeah, so thank you guys again. And we will obviously have to do this again.